This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor David Kogel. So God will make a way. He'll, he'll make a way in several different instances we will see tonight. And that verse 16 and that verse 19 actually use those words that he maketh a way for you and me. You know, I'm often reminded as I go back and study and read about the children of Israel and the history of Israel, I don't care what they faced, that if they looked to God and they waited on God, God always made a way for them. Whether it was crossing the Red Sea, getting them out of Egypt, crossing the wilderness, or, or going into the promised land. Every one of those things that Israel had to face, that was a battle for them. That was a struggle. They didn't know how they were going to get out of Egypt. I'm sure they thought, we're going to all die right here working for these Egyptians. Little did they know, but at some point, God had appointed a man to go down there and bring them out of Egypt. And then they get out of Egypt, and they get to that Red Sea, and they're thinking, well, now what are we going to do? Once again, God made a way for them to cross over. And then wandering around in the wilderness, they probably thought, well, we're just going to wander. We don't know where we're going to end up. We don't know how we're going to get to where we're going. But God had a purpose in that, and he made a way for them to go into the promised land. So I want us to think about that every time that we have something come up in our life. And we're thinking, how in the world am I going to get past this? How am I going to get through this? Just like he made a way for them, he will make a way for you and I. And I'm glad we serve a God that has great power, that's able to move any mountain in our way, and that's able to take care of us. One thing about these verses I liked that we read about God. He said, I, even I, in verse number 11, am the Lord, and beside me, there's no other Savior. He says, there, there's no even reason to try to look to someone else to save you, to take care of you, to make a way for you, because he's the Lord God. So tonight, I want to look at several ways that he can make a way for you and me. And I, I'll be using a lot of illustrations. I like to use illustrations when I teach, because many times those illustrations really help help us see what I'm trying to say and see what the scriptures are are trying to say to us. So first of all tonight, I want you to realize this. God will make a way in a time of trouble. In a time of trouble. And the first verse I have for that is Psalm 50, 15. He'll get these on the screen for you to see as well. Now notice this verse. And call upon me in the day of what? Trouble. In the day of trouble. Don't call upon anyone else. Don't throw up your hands and say, well, it's just time to quit. Because that's when the Lord's expecting us and wanting us to call upon him. Because what is he going to do? I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. When God delivers us out of trouble, when God brings us through something, we should turn around and give God the praise for it. We should let, I I believe in letting other people hear you praise the Lord. Amen? I mean, 
They need to know who you're trusting in. I, I didn't trust it. I don't pull out a rabbit's foot out of my pocket and say, well, praise the I got that rabbit's foot, man. That got me through it. No. Oh, I worked and worked on my own, and, and I was able to, to get it taken care of. No, I prayed. I asked the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me out of that trouble. So it is very important that you do that. You know, maybe tonight you're saying, well, Brother David, I don't have any trouble. Well, I can just tell you this. Just put this little thought in your back pocket, because sooner or later you're going to have some, if you haven't already. I guarantee you about every one of us could testify to some type of trouble that we've come upon in our life many times. And yet we turn to God and he delivered us out of those troubles. You know, the Bible gives us a testimony of two great men in the Bible. And one of them was Job and one of them was Paul. And what I like to, when I'm reading about these two guys is that they didn't have a perfect life. They certainly didn't have a trouble-free life. They had a lot of trouble. Job lost everything that he had. You remember I, I taught a series of lessons here on that. But in all of that, Job realized the only deliverance he was going to receive is coming from the Lord. And you get down to the end of the the, uh, the book and it says he blessed Job with more more than he had before. He delivered him out of that trouble. I can think of the many times we read about Paul and all the beatings, the imprisonment, everything that Paul always was facing and he was trying to just preach the gospel. Shipwreck just over and over again, but yet God always delivered him out of that trouble. And I believe the same thing can be for you and for me. There was a story told of an only survivor of a wreck. And he was thrown into an inhabited island. And what he did was he managed to build him a little hut out of just a few things that he, that he had from the wreck. And he built that little hut and he would pray every day, God, send somebody along and find me that I'll be delivered from this place. And he, he just continued to pray that every day. And one day, he, he was praying that, and he, as he anxiously scanned the horizon, he, he thought he saw somebody coming, but no. Every time it turned out to be something else. And he just, he, he didn't lose hope, but he, he was getting really discouraged. And so one day, he decided to go out and try to hunt for some food. <laughs> And so he left his little hut there and he went out hunting for food. And when he got back, the flames from his fire had burned up his hut and everything in it. And man, he just, he just lost it. I mean, he just said, well, you know, this was the last thing I had. And now, now I've lost this. But in the thing that seemed the worst that could happen, the next day a ship arrived on that island and said, we saw your smoke signal and we came to rescue you. How about that? The thing that seemed to be the last thing that he had, ready to, to almost give up, and yet that fire that destroyed his hut turned into a signal 
or someone to see and rescue him. I, I like Romans 8.28 many times. All things work together for good, and they will for those that love God. So I want to tell you tonight that God will make a way, and I want to give you another illustration that's personal tonight. I want to tell you how God made a way for me on my job that I had. I had worked for a carpenter shop for six years. And one day I walked in and they said, we are laying seven people off. It didn't have but 10. Said, we're going to lay seven people off. And you're number one on the list. (laughs) And I thought to myself, wow. Why am I number one on the list? I can think of some others need to go before me. (laughs) But I didn't want to see anybody go, but I I didn't know exactly what was going on behind the scenes. But they had just hired a man to come in there and manage the shop. And he walked over to me. I, I didn't know him at all. He walked over to me and he said, you're not going nowhere. I said, oh yeah? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for you. I said, well, praise the Lord. I began to pray about it. I said, Lord, please, if it's your will, don't let me get laid off. And and I was told later on that I, I was the I was one of the number ones that, that they were laying off. But what God did, he took that list of seven and he moved me all the way to the bottom. And then he took me all the way off the list. And the man that I met opened up his own shop. And I was the only one. They closed that building down and closed that business down. And he asked me to join him. And I've been working for him ever since in another place. I went from being the number one on the list to lose my job to God doing exactly what he needed to do in my life. And he made that way. I look back on it and I talk to him all the time. I'm inviting him to church. He's going to come one day. I'm working on him and his wife. But he told me, when I told him the story of how it ended up, I said, God sent you this way. In just the right time. And then he made a way for me. So I'm convinced that God will always make a way where it seems like there is no way. Psalm 91, 15. Psalm 91, he he shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. So what, you know, I like what the Lord does. Many times he doesn't only just deliver us from something, but he places us in a place of honor. He He play, gives other blessings to us as well. So next time you're passing through that time of trouble and trial, remember God's going to make a way. Secondly tonight, God will make a way in the time of trials. None of us like to go through trials because many times we don't know what the outcome is. We don't know why we're in it. We don't know what caused it. But all of a sudden we realize we're we're in the midst of this trial and what's going to take place. I tell you, as Christians, we need to remember 1 John 3.13. 1 John 3.13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't don't be surprised if the world doesn't like us. 
It's not going to like us. We're going to have troubles and trials in this world because we're serving the Lord. The scripture says, take up your cross and follow me. It's not an easy path, but it's a, it's a path that with the Lord, he's with us, he's helping us as we go through these trials. Many times we need to remember this world that we live in, they, they're the ones that took our sinless Savior and nailed him to a cross. So if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us. That's just the way it is in the world. You say, well, I look around at other people, they don't seem to be in a lot of trial and a lot of afflictions. And I think a lot of times when people tell me that, I tell them, hey, you know why? Because they're giving in to the world. They're living as the world lives. They're going along with the world. But whenever we go against the worldly things that are, in, that are going on, some trials are going to come. The devil is certainly going to put some things in our way that we're going to have to struggle with. So it's important to know tonight God will make a way even in any trial that we're facing or going through. The third thing tonight is God will make a way in a time of temptation. Time of temptation. Oh, how we all face some temptation of some sort. Many kind of categories. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You get that on the screen there. Hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. So it's a common thing. But this is the difference. But God is faithful. Amen? No matter what you tempted by God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation always make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it I know I've quoted that scripture to some people some people before that are going through something they say you know that part that it says it will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able I'm right at that point right now <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm right there and I'm waiting for that way of escape. I'm waiting to see what the Lord's going to help me to do to bear it. And he will come through. He will do that. Temptation comes in all sorts. And we can never really stand here and say, well, you know, I'm, I've been a Christian for all these years. Ain't nothing going to bother me. I'm not going to be tempted by anything. We shouldn't say that. We're human. Things will tempt us. Alexander was a little boy that was trying to save all his money to buy a baseball bat. And it was a hard thing for him to save money. He wanted to spend it. And one night while he was saying his prayers, his mother heard him praying fervently, Oh Lord, please help me save my money for a baseball bat. And God, don't let the ice cream truck come down my street. Because <laughs> he just knew he'd, he'd, he'd yield to that. He'd give in to that. He'd see that ice cream truck and he'd want to spend that money no matter how bad he wanted that bat. You know, we are like that many times. We may tell the Lord we're never going to turn our back on him. We're never going to do anything that would displease him. But temptation could come in many areas. But you know, when it comes, I think we need to remember that verse, 1 Corinthians, that he will make a way of escape and that we will be able to bear it if we just keep trusting in him. 
I found this. Temptation will come at our weakest moments. It'll come about something that we are weak about in those areas. When we are at that limit in our life of patience with someone or loving someone and just being tempted to be that Christian that we should be, many times we'll fall short. I remember that I had a, the dog that I have, he's, a lot of people are pet lovers and he's, she's really getting old and I hate to see what she's going through now, but when she was younger, I used to get really tickled when I would bring a treat in and I'd tell her to sit, don't move. And I'd lay that treat down in front of her (laughs) and she, she would look at me wouldn't look at the treat, she'd look at me. Because she was waiting. She said, if I look, if I turn my eyes off of him and look down that treat, I know I'm going to jump up and get it. But as long as she looked at me in the eye until I said, okay, then she'd dive on that treat and go for it. And I'm thinking, that's a lesson that we need to learn about the Savior. When temptation comes, let's keep our eyes on the Master. Let's keep our hearts tuned into him. You know, if we'll not look so much and dwell so much on the temptation, but say, Lord, I need help from you. I'm looking to you. I'm trusting in you. And listening to his voice. Martin Luther was a was often very graphic in his description of the activities of the devil. One time he said, he was asked how he overcame the devil. And he said, well, when he comes knocking upon the door of my heart and asks who lives here, I said, the Lord Jesus goes to the door and says, Martin Luther used to live here, but he moved out. Now I live here. And the devil seeing the nail prints in the hands of the Lord, the pierced side takes flight immediately. It's surely good for every one of us to realize that Jesus has permanently taken up residence in our life if you're saved today. And when he lives on the inside, no matter what we face on the outside, many times we just need to say, Lord, you need to take care of that. You need to step up. I'm, I'm leaning on you. If people want the Lord to make a way for them in the time of temptation, we need to be reading his word, feasting on his word, not the garbage of this world. A lot of people, they spend more time with the garbage of this world and then wonder why they struggle with a temptation. But if you're spending time in the Word, guess what happens? Many times when temptation comes, a scripture verse comes to your mind. A passage comes to your mind. The Word of God comes to your mind because that's what you've been feasting on. That's what you've been reading. Hide His Word in my heart that I might not sin against God. If the word's not in there, then it's not going to come out. But if other junk is in there, it's going to crowd out the word of God and our time that we need to spend with him. Then fourthly tonight, God will make a way in a time of trusting. In a time of trusting. Do you always trust the Lord when things are coming in your life? Look at Psalm 34. Six, I believe he has on it. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him 
and saved him out of how much? All his troubles. I mean, I believe God can do a complete job on our life, a complete making a way in our life when we put our trust in him, when we're praying to him in that time of need. Just And a lot of times, things that we don't think are important to God. I believe we need to give everything to God. You know, many times it's just the big things, the huge things, things that knock us back. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? Well, maybe God can help me with this. But something so small, but yet it will affect our lives. We don't give to God like we should. The the old-fashioned revival hour was about to go on the air. The broadcast was doing it under a tin-roof tabernacle in Iowa. And the doctor, Charles Fuller, got up to preach that gospel. And he stood on the platform before the microphone, and all of a sudden a downpour of hard rain began to come on that tin roof. And I mean just so hard. You know how it is if you're ever under a tin roof during a rainstorm. Just begin to pound it and pound it. And he stopped and said, Lord, if you don't stop this rain, then the old-fashioned revival hour will never go through over the air. No people will hear us. It's too much noise. And he said, for Jesus' sake, would you please stop the rain? Did you know just that simple prayer? And that simple faith in God, within three minutes, the rains totally stopped. And they were able to carry that program on. When he said amen, a huge downpour came right after he finished. Something just so simple as that. But you know, there'll be times when we want to try to get the gospel out. And how many of you know the devil will interfere with that? The devil will have something coming our way. And we many times may just, well, you know, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. But I think whenever we're able to share the gospel with someone, after all, that's what the Lord called us to do anyway. And so he will make that way. Another illustration I like was that the earliest African converts to Christianity had a routine, a regular routine. They would leave their their home, their hut, or wherever they lived in. And they would make their way down a path. And as they started down that path to have their devotions and their prayer and talk to God, they would have a little stop-off spot. And this little place here, they'd stop, and this one would pay, and then the other one would keep on down the path, and then they'd stop over here, and then the other one would keep on down the path, and they'd stop over here. If they did that every day, faithfully, the grass in that little area where they stopped to pray would just be wore out. It would be, it'd be gone. But someone would notice at some point as they travel down that path, oh, so-and-so usually stops here and pray. The grass was growing, and they'd say, brother, the grass is growing on your path. You haven't been praying, have you? You know, many times we fall short of being faithful to God. I know I do many times. I don't pray as much as I should. I don't talk to the Lord like I want to many times. And and many times I find myself, hey, if I'm having problems, if I'm having trials, if I'm going through something and I seem to be hitting a brick wall, then maybe I hadn't been talking to the Lord like I should. So it's very important that we 
that we prayed. And then lastly tonight, God will make a way in a time of your transgression of sin. Look at Psalm 32.1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Aren't you glad the Lord shed his blood for our sin? Aren't you thankful that we can cast our cares upon him? We can give him the things in our life. A little boy came running in the house one day from playing outside and his mother stopped him and he said, what's the matter with your right hand? He said, well, it's got mud all over it. She said, what are you going to do with that? He said, I'm going to wipe it on my other hand. She said, well, that, that won't solve it because then you'll have two hands with mud. And I'm thinking, that's kind of the trouble with people today. We have the dirty hands, the, the dirty heart, the sinful things that are going on in our life. And we think if we just carry that on to something else or put that on to something else or put it off, that it will go away. But that scripture tells me it's covered by the blood if we'll give it to the Lord. There was a tribal chief that came to David Livingston. Many of you know him as that missionary with his request. And he said, give me some medicine to change my heart. It's so proud. It's uneasy. It's, it's angry all the time. Because he had watched that missionary give medicine to sick people that had physical things wrong. And they begin to heal and they begin to get better. And he's thinking... There's a medicine you can give me for my heart that will help me do better. And Dr. Livingston tried to explain to him the Lord Jesus is the only one who can transform your heart. But the man refused to listen, saying, no, I want the medicine. I want the medicine. I kind of think today there's a lot of people that feel like there's some cure out here for the sin in their life other than Jesus. Something else will take care of that sin. But we know we have to surrender it to the Lord. Well, the thing that we need to remember, and I hope you got out of the study tonight, is this. God will make a way. And believe me, we'll need a way at some point, if not many times already. There'll be a time when we're thinking, I need God to make a way. And I believe he'll do that whether it's trouble, trials, temptations, trusting, or even in sin. So don't ever think tonight that we have to face our battles on our own. Don't ever think that they will be stuck in that place and never have victory. Because I serve a God who can. I serve a God who's able to make a way. Amen? Amen. You listen to Pastor David Kogel. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.